Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first um, edition of our Four Women by Women lunch session about inspiring working moms. We are so, so happy to welcome you all, and we are super excited to have you live and listening in. So thank you for taking the time. This session um, will be recorded and featured on the hashtag impact platform. Thank you, Regina, um, a podcast about stuff that matters. Um, and really, what can matter more than um, empowering each other and in our individual journeys of combining motherhood, career and our relationship with ourselves, really? Um, all these things being not mutually exclusive and nor completely the same. It's very personal. The idea of this event really came about um, in trying to create a safe and um, authentic space um, where we can share this kaleidoscope of issues and experiences that are both tremendously rewarding and can be crushingly challenging. Um, and celebrating the fact that really there isn't a handbook um, or a right way of doing it. Um, of combining motherhood and um, career, and that we are all um, individuals and that we have individual stories, triggers, um, circumstances um, that will guide us on that path. So thank you to the panel that you can see here um, for taking the time and speaking with us and um, for sharing your experience with us. We really appreciate it. And at this point also, thank you to all of you um, for participating, for sending us um, such honest um, and such an honest insight and of your questions, of your worries, of your struggles. Um, we are really humbled and it really showed to us how all-encompassing the struggle is of trying to make it work, of trying to put it all together, of, bal of finding balance. And it really starts from... Um, you asking, when is the right time? Is there a right time to have babies and to combine it with my career? Um, feeling unseen as a mother, even though by society, even though you're working harder than ever, um, to feeling judgment and guilt um, that you're not mother enough because you're owning your career ambitions, to um, being afraid that you might lose yourself in the process. So we can really see there's such a bandwidth of it all, um, depending on where you're at in your path and circumstance, how old your kids are, how progressed your career is, all of this. Um, and the game really is honestly stacked against us. It seems like it's, 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 we're finite. We only have 24 hours a day. We only have so much energy. So if we're putting energy in one, then we're not doing it in the other. So rather than talking about making it work, why don't we as a panel talk about the trade-offs, the mindset, um, the struggles, and also maybe things that work, the help, the support system that you have to get through this. Um, and without no further ado, um, I would love to ask Anna. Anna, you've, you've had a corporate career. You have three kids on the side. Um, you've gone through these steps. Like, how did you put that together? Where have been your? Where have you had struggles, and how did you think about getting over them? First of all, many thanks for having me, and uh, thanks for for organizing this great initiative. And I would love to start um, by saying, you know, these these are my hacks. 
hack one, hack two, and this is exactly um, how to how to deal with the big struggles. Uh, for me, one of the very first things is, and you just said it, we're all individuals and we're all on different journeys. Um, there is no one size fits all approach, and this does not only count you know, for all of us as individuals, but also for us personally throughout the way. So when I look back, one of the, the key learnings for me was everything changes all the time. Um, I had my first child and I was trying to struggle with, oh, am I going to work 100% or 80%? So that was the thing. How do I work with my teams? How do I organize daycare for the kids? How do I, you know, do sports in my new life at all. So there were so many struggles and I tried to find a model and I figured out very soon that this is not set in stone and I can adjust it and I'm learning throughout the way. So after kit number two, I changed so many things and I learned about myself. We learned in our partnership a lot. I was always trying to find the hack from others that I could steal and say, this is now my solution, but it was actually a puzzle. So I looked into my boss's perfect organization and logistics plan, how we structure now and organize every week, every Sunday night, our next week, how to organize whom with whom, who picks up whom, and that sort of stuff. Then I had a very good talk with someone about how to organize um, sports, actually having a personal trainer at some point in my life, because otherwise I would never do anything. Um, so it was a journey. With kit number three, things have changed again. And also my partner was in a complete different situation saying, I want to be at home. And now, you know, mental load is a big thing. How do we deal with that? So one learning number one for me was adapt it, adjust to it. It, it, it is not a, a set in stone what you do and, and try to look left and right to, to make things go work for you. Second big thing is, and that happened throughout the journey, the mindset. You said you were just talking about energy. My big thing on mindset is I don't want to waste any energy in over-engineering and thinking, where are my struggles? You know, looking in the problems, I try really, and, and it might sound pathetic, but I really try to focus my energy on getting things done and just being up and running and being very thankful that I can have those both worlds. And I'm, I really appreciate it. It was a conscious decision that I have three kids and I'm a partner at a consulting firm. No one told me to do that. And coming back to that point, and that's pure mind, mindset, knowing I've chosen this path and it's me now to live with it and to make it happen and not over-engineer my problems is, is, is crucial for me to, you know, keep it going all the time. And I'm not saying I don't have those struggles. They, you know, they come all the time again. But, but having that mindset always helps me to get out of it again, knowing you know, I, I, can, I can work this out. And maybe the third point, which is a more operational, um, is, is a, a, some, something someone told me is throw money at the problems. And very easily said, you know, we only have a, a different amount of money and it's, um, I can't have like seven different babysitters and nannies and uh, whatever I am. But throw money at the problems is, is something more. It's a very good um, kind of mantra to think, what do I want to do with my kids and what can I actually outsource? Um, so that, that was a guiding principle for me, um, at least in the past also, to really think, when can I spend quality time and where can I put money to make things easier? Sometimes it's logistics. Sometimes it is, you know, everything with regards to household. 
but sometimes, yeah, it's 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 just about looking into the solutions that help me make it work and to have still, despite a very challenging job, time with the family. That's kind Wonderful. of the first first wave. Yeah, thank you, Anna. That's so. Um, I mean, picking up on that energy point, actually, Gundala, um, you as an entrepreneur created a space where. Um, women can come together and um, bring their kids and do self, uh, invest in their self, do sports, you know, tank up their energy, as well as having their kids there through the um, uh, daycare option that you have. How is it for you, though, as an entrepreneur? Is is at how? Where do you get your energy and your and your um, self care and um, kujis to creating such a beautiful space? Thank you so much. Um, well, you would think working in the wellness space, I have it all figured out and I know how to look after my mental health um, when navigating through these crazy times of having a toddler. But um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard for me too. I um, had the big vision and this is actually stemming from the time when we went through the first lockdown to really do more for mothers because when I had my first and so far only son, um, I actually created a crawling group here at the studio in Mitte. And we had a lot of mothers coming with their kids every day almost um, to hang out, to share, to really support each other. And for me, that was a game changer because I think I went through a bit of a postnatal depression. I um, had no idea what I was getting myself into. Nobody prepared me for this stage. Actually, um, I, I should talk to my friend Louisa after this chat. We should think about how in the, in the space of coaching, how you can actually um, have access to coaches who can prepare you for, especially the Wochenbett that I think can be very hard for, for mothers who are, due to go back into work very soon after giving birth. I think that whole period that needs to be discussed ahead of giving birth, you need to know what you're getting yourself into. So I managed to have a little crawler group happening for myself where we supported each other. And be it that um, I would give my baby to someone else who had a baby and I was able to write an email and just look after some, some, some work stuff. Um, and, and this is something that we haven't unfortunately continued because it's very difficult to um, create something on an ongoing basis unless somebody's heading it up. And because I've gone through this stage, I'm no longer in this early stage of, of having a small baby. I'm no longer heading this group up. And so we haven't continued it, unfortunately. But that, I think, for every mother um, is, is kind of something that everybody should, should sort out for themselves. Like, who is my support group once I have a kid? Um, is it a, a yoga class for for um, prenatal classes so that I already have access to other mothers in my neighborhood who I can then reach out to once the baby is there so I can go on walks with? Because, yeah, there's a lot that um, we need to discuss once we have a baby. And it's a matter of finding people who have an ear for that and who, who can share the stories with you. So... Um, these days, my son is now, he just turned three, he just gave up his passive, well, we took the pacifier off him this weekend. So I'm again going through sleepless nights, which are reminding me very much of the early days. And um, 
I guess the number one hack for me is um, really either going into a class, be it Pilates, which I love a lot at the moment because it focuses on your breathing. So for me, it's ticking a lot of the boxes of really relaxing and finding your body and going back into yourself and finding the relaxation that you need in order to tackle your job or meditation. I think we just need to make sure that at least once a day we have this time for ourselves and that I guess gets lost when you are working be it you are self-employed or you are um, working somewhere um, you tend to organize everything around being able to work but then you forget that you should also organize yourself for um, the times when you actually need to look after yourself and that shouldn't happen just once a week I think we need to make space for that every day. And so we need a, a really good morning ritual or lunchtime or evening, even taking this time now to jump on a call and to do something else than working is, is relaxation in a way. So um, I think that that is for me something that I would like to pass on to others that make sure you make time for this early enough so that you don't end up going through the stage of really struggling. And I think a lot of my friends who run small businesses, bigger businesses, they often tend to be fine in the first year because you have, if you're still um, breastfeeding or in general, in general, you have a lot of energy in your first year and then all of a sudden that drops and you are hitting a wall and that's when things get really tough. So the earlier you find your support network and you find ways of looking after yourself, the better it is. Wonderful. Thank you, Gunny. I think um, you touch upon the really um, important point in terms of having a support network and sharing. It kind of goes into this, um, uh, into the idea of this call, really, we're sharing experiences. And through that, we feel empowered. We don't feel alone. Um, we feel connected. We feel seen. All of these things that are so, so important in terms of filling our own energy and helping with our mindset that we can do this. Um, actually, this brings me really nicely um, to Nina. Nina, you've worked really hard and then you went to a full-time um, stay-at-home mom um, with four kids and then created your own company, um, um, Elevate, where you really help women to re-engage out of motherhood back to a career and to empower them. Um, how have you been um, dealing with um, the different dichotomies of it and bringing it together? As Taylor Swift would say, hi, it's me, I'm the problem, it's me. So I'm really struggling with myself, me, myself and I. So it's just me and my expectations. We didn't come from my surrounding, it came from me. So I'm really struggling to be the perfect mother, the perfect wife, the perfect co-worker, the perfect friend, daughter, sister, whatever you want me to, to name me. So, um, and at the end, I wanted to play everything perfectly, but I ended up sacrificing myself. So, yeah, now I learned that um, you don't have to be the best in class to do a good, decent job. So, um, and <laughs> it takes a village to raise a kid. So um, I really, really needed to learn that I'm not a failure if I need help, if I'm asking for help, if I need help, if I need support. And you really need a support system and, um, and a village to raise a kid and to still be working 
and to do whatever whatever you want to do. So um, yeah, and for me, my my support system is system is my friend are uh, my friends, and our I don't know in German we say um, Familienmanagerin. It's in English it would be family manager, but it's just like she's a substitute of a grandma, which is Mara. She's working for us. And she really, really, really helps me every day and supports me with the kids, supports me with all my household. Because if not, I could not manage work. I could not have a work-life balance. I could not even do anything without her because I'm really, really depend on her. So, uh, and um, I'm really grateful for this. And I don't feel as a failure just because she's helping me because I really feel that I need some help because I can't do it all. It's impossible to do it all. Um, so, yeah. So I have, I do not have family living nearby. So I really, really, really am uh, struggling alone, but not alone because I have friends, I have family and I have Mara and my husband. <laughs> Sometimes I also have my husband. Um, so yeah, now I learned that I really, 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 really have to take every day, day by day um, and yeah, to survive, to, 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 to know what I'm doing. And so let's see where it takes me, where it takes us. But I'm really grateful to have uh, my support system and to have Mara. Well, a big cheer to all the Maras in the world. I think we would all agree. Um, and this really also goes to what Anna said at the beginning, that you kind of just have to walk the path. It's uh, it's it's a moving balance. Um Actually, Celia, um, this actually, um, I was curious always, uh, we started and talked a lot back in the days when uh, organizing this, and you have a very um, diverse background, you were entrepreneur, you went into the corporate, you are French, you lived in China, now you're in Germany. Um, and I was always stricken by the way that you thought about things, um, which does have a cultural side to it. Um, so What is your two cents on bringing it together? Well, I don't, literally. Like these eyes <laughs> are very tired because I slept with my son who's 40 degree fever for the last three days and no concealer could hide that. So I should wear the cap in front of my head so that you don't see this tired face. Uh, but this is just reality, you know? Um, I don't know how I bring it together. Every day it's a new challenge. It's a white page and I'm like, who's sick today? Whose meeting is more important? My husband and I always worked full time. I don't believe personally in this 80% because I think the kind of job I do, even if I'm not there, you get my brain 100% because I kind of work even if I'm not behind my computer. So I have a lot of ex-colleagues uh, actually that I see as participants and I guess they know uh, how I worked back then uh, in the team but for me it's more you know I'm doing the work and for me it's so important to have my career but I also want to be there for my kids and I think it's about quality over quantity so when I arrived in Berlin and I was called Rabatsmutter I don't know how you say it that whatever you call it uh, the fact that my kid went to Kita when they were four months old each um, and I didn't have a job back then. So when I arrived, I gave birth to our first kid in Hong Kong. Uh, hi, Regina. We were exchanging a podcast long voice message per day to kind of like go through postpartum together. And then when I arrived in, in Hong Kong, luckily, uh, sorry, in Berlin, luckily my husband and I were both off. So we had the time to look for the apartment and everything. And already people were negative. Like you arrive in Germany and you don't have a Kita? Like forget it, working, forget it. 
But you know, I kind of like, and I see Caro also there as a participant, one of my friends with whom I went up the Mont Blanc in 2011, like, give us, give me a challenge. I don't care. Even in flip-flop, I'll go up that Mont Blanc. So I was like, you don't, you think I won't get a kita? I'll get a kita. Um, and in the end, we got a spot because no family gives their kid below one year old. So actually, it's a supply demand issue. You get a spot before one year, but at one year, nobody, there's no space because everyone goes at the same time. So all the kids below one year old were French foreigners or mothers that were studying because by law, Germany has to take kids from two months old, right? But you need a full-time good child for that. Full-time good child. I was like, full-time what? Ah, I need to prove that I'm working full-time. So then it was a chicken egg situation. I was here with a very nice relocation package. Hello to ex-Brunswick people from my husband's company. Um, but then the woman was like, no, 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 you cannot get a kita if you don't have a job. It's like, yeah, but I cannot get a job if I don't have a kita. So I kind of faked the good shine. Sorry for that. Um, got a spot at the kita, went to German classes and got a job in January. So, you know, at the end of the day, I don't say what I do is how everyone should do it. I just wouldn't take no as an answer. Because if you listen to people, then I started my job. Six weeks later, I got pregnant with my second. That was not really planned. Um, and then I start, you know, second kid, I have everything under control. And then I was like, what? You don't have a midwife? You need a midwife. The time you have sex, the day after, if you don't have a midwife, you're fucked in Germany. I was like, well, I don't know how it works here. So I was like, I'm going to just give birth at the hospital next door. And the midwife, worst case, I have this ama amazing midwife I met back in Hong Kong and she was still WhatsApping us, my husband and I. And I thought, that's okay. And if I find someone cool and if I don't, it's okay. But it's just this thing of always bringing negative. I feel that what we need the most, and I don't know, I don't want to take too much time here, is that we need more sisterhood in motherhood. Don't judge your sister. Let your sister, whatever she feels like doing. She wants to temo mix the whole day. Let her temo mix. She wants to work full time. She works full time. Just stop judging what she wants to do. Support her. That's how we're going to make it work. And then for sure, you also need support from your husband, your partner. But if you don't have support from your best friends, from the people you meet in the street, if you tell me that I'm a bad mom and I should not be a mom because I bring my kids to Kita at four months, guess what? My kid was in very secure space at four months. Some days I wanted to throw him out of the window. You've been there. I know you've been there, right? So, you know. Yes, well, here, here to that. I think owning and knowing ourselves and um, rising, uh, raising each other up is definitely a big one. Uh, and it's so good to see you guys doing it here right now. Verena, um, I think from your path, you've uh, you come, you're an entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur. You've, from what it looks like, you've really stringently walked that path. Um, and as Anna said, or we spoke before, it seems almost like a um, a sliding scale, like it's a, it's a it's a balancing act, but it's it's also something that changes all the time. How has your experience have been of trying to keep that going and um, going through that development with your kids, your career, your companies? 
So first of all, lovely to have you all here and see you all, many of my personal role models in this call. And the reason that I don't have a voice is that I had to party for four days in Barcelona with 10 other founders to prove to myself that you can have it all. Yeah, of course you can't, but, um, but for four days we pretended. Um, I think what is super important in this question is how were you raised? Um, I was raised with a mother and a father that have two daughters and they always, first of all, gave us the impression that there's no difference if we're girls or if we would be boys. Um, it's the same education. It's the same dreams. I, I remember that I said, I want to be an um, Olympic winner. Um, I didn't really state the discipline. I just kind of put that out as a goal. And my father was like, cool. Um, uh, when? And I'm like, I don't know, five or seven years. And he never questioned the fact that it would happen. He, he was a bit laughing at the fact that I didn't know in which discipline I wanted to be. But that was when I was eight or something. So I think having two entrepreneurs as parents who, first of all, give you all the tools you need. And on the other hand, give you the attitude you need. And the attitude is not only that it will be tough and it will not always be easy, but the attitude is also, it's, it's a mindset question. Um, entrepreneurship, you, you can't really plan, or not only entrepreneurship, career and kids, you can't plan it. You have to take it kind of um, in phases, day by day. And I think what I learned back then is if I do a master plan for my life and if I say I want to marry at the age X and then I want kids then and then and then I have to take the next career step so that that all works out, um, it probably won't. And I was divorced with two little kids at the beginning of 30 and it, coming from a family where nobody has ever divorced or um, they all they, they all seem really happy 40 years later. And as there was me with 32 mini kids, CEO of a startup. That definitely wasn't the master plan. Um, and my grandfather said a very good sentence to me that that basically is, is leading me through life. And he says, um, you have to live life forwards and you will understand it backwards. And beginning of 30, it, it would have been very easy and probably everyone would have applauded if I would have said, I have to go part-time. I have to rethink me and my life. Maybe I'm too strong. Maybe I, I have to back off a little. Um, Probably my husband left me because it's me and, and all the dreams I have. And he was uh, 80 years old and he was like, nobody's going to tell you that your strength is a weakness. Um, it doesn't mean that you didn't make mistakes. It doesn't mean that you're a big part of why this happened. But if you now stop being yourself, I mean, who's going to give you a certificate at the end of your life that you did that? No one. So you just keep going and one day it will all make sense. And um, he was right. Uh, when I married my second husband, who's uh, the big love of my life, he stood up at the age uh, of, of almost 90 and raised the glass and said, see, I told you, and sat back down again. So um, I think my point is don't over plan. Don't be too tough on yourselves. Don't compare too much to others. They're different. 
they were raised differently. Um, they have other principles, role models, circumstances, everything. And I think in the end, you have to look into the mirror at, in the evening and be happy. And there are many thousand ways to be happy. And, and I, I think that's my kind of take on it. Um, I always go with the flow and try to do it as good as I can. That is wonderful. Thank you, Verena. That really uh, resonates in the sense that I hear you say that um, the way that you were raised and what you were given by your parents empowers you and still is a source of empowerment to stay true to yourself, to know who you are and to guide you in having a mindset that you can carry on when it's really hard, that you can still <laughs> as your grandfather said, just look forward and take that one step at a time. You know, it when shit hits the fan, you keep on going. <laughs> Absolutely. And maybe one thing on the kid level, um, you don't get an A-B test in life. So nobody's going to tell you at the age of your kids. And now my oldest is almost 16. Do you know what he would be like if you would have done it differently, if you wouldn't have worked, if you, nobody knows. So you always get the best version of your kids. And if you see it that way, then you can kind of put your bad conscience somewhere else. I, I, I'm very lucky I don't have one. And I think I don't have one because I feel like I'm under suspicion anyway. If my kids go wrong, the answer is easy. So if that's <laughs> the fact, I might, have, I might as well enjoy the freedom. And now I have many moments where people kind of look at me when they meet me with my kids and they're like, wow, they're actually not freaks. That's crazy. Cool. So you actually get credit now for the fact that they're just normal kids uh, because everyone might have expected they wouldn't turn out well. So I think if you just know every child is different, we have four kids, you can't compare the four. So nobody knows, is it personality, genes? What is it? Is it me working? As you can't distract that anyway, you might as well just get on with life. Wonderful. I think one thing for me, um, hearing all of you is often when we talk about motherhood and um, career and bring it all together, we're talking about how can we make it, how, you know, the name of the game is how can you succeed and hacks and, 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 um, and yes, there are things that can, I think, instill, but at the end of the day, we hear mindset, we hear energy, we hear asking for help, knowing yourself and really also just going through it. Take one step at a time. Take your individual path. Uh, surround yourself by people who will cheer you up and listen to you and, and be there with you to share. In German, we say geteiltes Leid is halbes Leid. As in, if you share your burden, it's not as heavy. And that's the beautiful thing I think we can give as women. And this is something I actually wanted to touch upon as well. Um, and it's it's beautiful, Rena, that you brought up in terms of what your inspiration has been to help you go through that. What has your inspiration been and uh, or your empowerment to feel that you can go and do it and just go your path by your own drum? And I'm not saying that it's the question isn't um, that it always works and that you don't waver. But um, if you think of a person or um, a mindset, a quote, um, a mantra, um, do you have something like that? Anna, I will come back to you. <laughs> sure. Um, I was just thinking while you were speaking and the, the first answer that popped up in my mind is um, 
something a coach taught me when I had my first daughter and it was meeting my future self. It's a very difficult exercise. It sounds very cheesy and easy to picture yourself at, at some later st stage in your life um, and try to not picture yourself with the expectations of others, but what you really want to be, you know, as a grandmother or as whatever stage in your life it is. And my, my cheering and my supporting and my motivating thing is actually seeing myself in a specific surrounding. Indeed, I am a grandmother in that picture um, and trying to get there. And it's obviously not a straightforward way, uh, but having that as, a, as an idea in my mind always kept me going to, um, yeah, and, and get myself up again. There was a question in the chat, what we do when we, when we crashed. And that was one of the, the things, of course, you know, you can cry, you can, uh, as Celia said, try to throw out your kids out of the window for a second, uh, throw them at the wall. Um, sometimes breathing is a really good thing, but also um, for me, it was my future self helping me sometimes to get the curve. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that, Anna. I think um, I, that is definitely a practice I will try to do myself <laughs> and see if it can be a guiding compass of knowing your vision and where you want to go. That's really beautiful. Um, Gundi, do you have? Um... Yeah, I often ask myself, how many generations does it need to take until we no longer have to have these conversations as just women in this circle and we actually invite our partners to this and they can share the struggles with us too so i'm surprised that um when i talk to a lot of my friends that it's always the women trying to sort out help with the kids the household and it's very rarely and there are some wonderful examples out there but i think very rarely do we find partners who are carrying an equal load so i'm actually getting inspired by the fact that maybe we are able to raise a generation that will change this and it's not going to take two more generations or longer to change this because i'm self-employed my partner is self-employed and we are constantly having these conversations around who's doing what I think it should be very clear that it's a 50-50 split when both have equal workloads and it doesn't need to sit on the shoulders of the women and I also have in my in my house where we live a wonderful couple a gay couple they just had their second child and whenever I chat to them it's totally clear and they have it sorted out so that it's like it's it's very equal and and that kind of inspires me and i hope by being a working mom and showing my son that it is normal to work and both have to work and want to work and get a lot from working that um he will definitely not have these conversations with his partner going forward so yeah, that's my my um, future vision for how things should run. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think it's uh, it goes without saying that we're living still in a time where 
politically, societally, regulation-wise. I mean, I think we already have it very, very well, uh, good in Germany. I know many examples. I mean, take the US, even the UK, where situations are different when you're trying to become a mother and work um, and then career trajectories. Um, but we do have our challenges as well. But um, I think it's what's so powerful at the moment of what we're doing. And yes, taking our partnership in and um, um, into that discussion is definitely part of it, is that we can start. The one thing that is in our power and which we're doing right now is our mindset, the way that we go about things, the way that we approach our partners, the way that we approach it ourselves in terms of our vision, as Anna said, of our later or um, the energy that we get from how we were raised and and the mindset, how Verena said, that's, I think that's really in our power. And that's where we as four women, by women really wanted to start. So thank you very much for that, Gundula. Um, uh, Celia, do you actually, sorry, no, I think Nina was next in, <laughs> in line. Uh, Nina, go ahead. <laughs> So, um, yeah, um, I have a daughter, so I really want to see my daughter to see that it's, it's, it's possible to, to work, to do whatever she wants to do. Um, if she wants to be a mother, she can be a mother. If you want to, to be a working mother, she can be a working mom. Whatever she wants to do, it's, it's possible to do because at the end of the day, it's, it's their childhood. My daily life is their childhood. I want to, to be their role model. I want to, to show her that everything is possible, although it takes a lot of time, but maybe when she grows up, uh, we do not have this discussion because of care work and who do does whatever they want. So everybody can work, everybody can, can uh, take a maternal leave, not just uh, women, also dads, and it's fine if they take them. So yeah, that's what's really my, my vision, that I want my daughter to have everything she wants to be and to do whatever she wants to do. And um, yeah, I don't know. And I really think that we as women, as mothers, should be really sometimes really selfish, as uh, Verena said, that you really have to go on a trip with your friends. I did it last year with my best friend, and it was really, really nice just to be her and me having the best time of our life without being judged uh, with no bad feelings, no hard feelings, just to do what we think would be best for us. And it really empowered me a lot. And it really helped me um, to struggle with all my, my, my daily life. So um, I totally agree with Verena sometime, although you don't have, uh, you can't have it all, but it really helps you to go away with some friends and to just celebrate life and being a, a human being and being a woman. Wonderful. Thank you, Nina. That's so true. I think the one challenge I have heard from women and also from the uh, questions that you guys sent uh, um, be prior was definitely this dichotomy of trying the guilt factor and also the priority factor of um, creating space for yourself in all of this. You have motherhood, you have career, you have your partnership. Often people see it like that. And then where's you in all of this, you know? Um, and um, from what I hear from all of you, it seems actually like a, a really important part in terms of knowing how to navigate this road and finding your balance. 
in terms of creating space so that you hear your own voice, that you know how you were raised and what you want to do. And when society judges you or you feel judged by your surroundings, you can stay true to um, what makes you your best version. Because I think if you're the best version, then you're also um, the best version as a mother, as an ambitious career person. Um, um, and you, you sit in your own balance. So that's very powerful. Um, Tilia, what about you? What's, um, yeah. uh, who empowers you and where do you find empowerment to go by this balance? Yeah, I think to be honest, it's, it's difficult to give it in one sentence. I think the fact that I've lived, um, in so many different countries. Um, so I left my hometown when I was 16. And since then I've been kind of like, I think we counted recently with my husband, I moved about 18 times. Um, and every time you go somewhere, you feel like you want to go somewhere to learn about a new culture and, you know, explore whatever, but what you do, especially the experience of living in China, especially mainland China, Beijing, I learned about myself, who I was, who I wanted to be. Um, I was quite young when I arrived there, if I'm not mistaken. I was like 23, 24, something like this. So, you know, early on in your career, you had a few role models here and there. You arrived in suit at your first interview at LVMH because you thought that's how you get a job. Uh, guess what? The suit is over. Um, but it's just... Um, I think seeing this woman, especially in China, where actually equality was there, they have only one kid. So if only men are working, like half of the population is sitting at home, this is a waste to China. And today they're pushing this country to have more kids. Um, I don't agree to everything that is happening there, obviously, especially since we left. And a lot of my friends are listening here. I met them either in uh, mainland China or they, they're actually Chinese and left the country. And we're not here to speak about politics, but I work there in the finance department, finance department, uh, sorry, finance department. And it's very often women because they manage better the money. So their husband will work, but then the woman will have the credit card and give them a budget every day of what they were allowed to spend or not. So I found this very empowering how women were given almost all power, but they also had the help of either of the parents that were staying with them. So the nanny was one of the grandparents that were living in with them, both grandparents. So I think obviously here, I mean, my mother is currently um, in uh, Berlin with us because it was two days ago, the fifth birthday of my son, but we don't have the space at home. So she's staying in a hotel. Um, and I left my home so early on that like I rely on all my sisters from other mothers, but um, not as much on my family, I guess. But it's just, yeah, I think it's having different perspectives and along your life, you don't fit into any of the boxes because you create this box depending on how you feel on this day. So maybe today it's a day where I just want to be this go girls, boss, whatever the kids, I'll just see them later. And yesterday was more like, okay, maybe I drop everything. My son, my kid is sick and I'm just going to reorganize my day to be with him. So I don't, I don't know where to put myself in. I just try every day to handle the priorities. I guess. And is there one particular um, role model or person that um, inspires you? Yeah, she's unfortunately not available today. Uh, but if I have to name one person, she was the, my first boss at LVMH Kenzo. Uh, she's called Sandra Mertens. And today she's the CPO of uh, Bangaya in London. I think when I met her, she was also in a kind of turning point in her life and career. She just got married um, and she was... I mean, already like 
badass woman when I met her, but even more now. And when I left her, I told her, you know what? I'm leaving because my boyfriend at that time, now husband, was in Frankfurt and I was in Paris. And when they offered the salary, I was like, is it per week or how the hell am I supposed to leave with it in Paris? Like, no, LVMH, take it or leave it. I was like, yeah, the difference between me and maybe the rest of Parisian people is that I have no help from my parents. So if I cannot pay rent, I cannot stay here. So I went to Frankfurt and I told my boss, like, I'm so sorry, but the job sounds cool, but the salary is so shit. So I need to go away. And then I went to Frankfurt and I remember we stayed in touch. So I only worked with her six months, but I saw in her eyes leadership that I never found again in my whole career. So for 10 years, every time I had someone in mind was her because she was very clear about what she wanted. She was pretty strict. She's half German, half Spanish in the way she handled us as her team members. But at the same time, she was she had the heart on her hand. I don't know if that expression works in English, uh, but like she really had my back because I was very young, right? It was my first job, like internship after university. And I studied mathematics and economics, nothing to do with fashion and, and working for Kenzo or LVMH. But, um, and yeah, when I left, she told me, okay, I need to tell you something. I'm leaving as well because I'm, I just got pregnant and I don't trust this company to back me up. So I'm going to leave. And actually she left pregnant with her first kid to the US to start working for a company. And I was like, what? You get a job when you're pregnant? She was like, yeah, why not? And I was like, well, I'll remember that sentence for the rest of my life. So the only book I read during my pregnancy was the one of Sheryl Sandberg, Lean In. And I think that really brings it for me also to a point where um, when we think about what we're doing here and what we can give to each other as women is really um, living as the example, just going our way, beating our drum and hence inspiring others. And it's so beautiful, Sia, that you had this example to inspire you and to say, we, you can get, you can do it. And for you, Nina, to feel like you want to be that example for your daughter and for you, Verena, to what extent um, was it exactly, as you said, your parents and the way that they handled things and thought about things that also inspired you to have this mindset that you can just, yeah, I can do it, whatever I put my mind to it. If it's Olympic medals or if it's on my own with two small kids. Um... I think they were an inspiration in the sense of that you don't have to have a bad conscience, but they weren't an equal partnership. And um, it was still the very traditional model of my father I mean, my mom was working uh, full time, having her own company, but she made it all happen on the side. And my father, when he came in, he was the superstar. And I think for me, it's empowering to see couples that it doesn't matter if they do it 50-50, but that really see that it's a joint effort. And that's difficult. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's an everyday discussion. Um, actually a very amazing employee of mine who I worked with a long time. She just founded a company. I just put it in the chat here. Um, it's basically a software to start the discussion on how to, um, and not only start the discussion, um, on how to share hair time and then also calculate the financial dependencies of the decisions. So if I go part-time as a mom, what does that mean in terms of rent, in terms of an income? And how can we in the partnership kind of give me that money back? Because obviously I'm not going um, to manicure in the time. I'm, I'm looking after the kids. And, and by 
having this discussion over and over again of how can we make it work for both of us? I think this is new in our generation. I didn't have role models in the generation of my parents for that. And there are still few today. Um, and that's why I think it's super important what Gundi just said is that we make this a joint discussion. And my husband and me just agreed on something where we last night when we were sitting there both asked ourselves why we said yes. Um, but we agreed on going for the first time together on a cover of a German business magazine on the topic of how to raise kids and have a career. And they sent us the questions yesterday. They were like, oh, it felt like we were now the Kardashians who are trying to put a spotlight into their home. And everyone's like, why? Yeah, why don't you just live your life? Why do you have to talk about it? And the reason we said yes is because we're lacking role models. And we're not saying we're one, but we're lacking versions of couples and their stories, how they do it. And I would have loved to have a 47 and a 44 year old with two, three, four kids uh, and two careers telling me what are the difficult times? When do you fight about who, what is equal? When do you agree? What would you change if you had another chance? Where are you, where are you role models? Where do you feel we've got it all figured out? So we're going to do this, but it's painful because I don't know many people that do it because everyone rightfully thinks like who's interested in, but women all the time are on covers discussing this topic. Um, and men either don't get asked or they say, oh, no, I, I'm a business guy. I'm not going to talk about that topic. That puts me uh, in a wrong position as a leader. So I think empowering for me is to see couples talk about this topic more and I'm not bashing this round here. I love women and I love talking with women about anything and everything forever. But I think we won't change anything by doing it. I think there's a, this is, this is probably you just giving us the opportunity of saying we definitely need another for women by women with partners, with men. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> because you're completely right. And you, it is, and you need both. It doesn't. It doesn't work if you invite two dads and two moms who are not affiliated with each other on a panel, because then the dad will say, "Well, what in my family, I do the kids, because that might be their model." And the other dad says, "Well, we do fifty-fifty, but you need the other one to to get the vibes, because we were we, we had exactly that last night. Yeah, I was like." to a question I was like and then Philip was like huh? that's not at all what I would say and and this is important because otherwise it's a poster magazine story and everyone's yeah. like oh they're good too good to be true and it will probably turn out like that because then they will send us the interview then we'll be like oof so we really disagree this strongly and then at the end everyone's like oh they're amazing and so I think you need on a on a panel you need them in real time because then you will feel that that it's not easy and that still it's worth a discussion yeah and just maybe to to bounce on what you just said Verena um, I mean the idea for women by women and I'm sure Boha will use that time also to conclude since we are nine minutes and we don't want to take any more time all of you 
But the idea of for women by women, I never believe that we can do it alone. And I know that we have some partners listening to us right now. They're really quiet, I think, because they might have a conversation with their wives tonight if they want to keep them as their wives. You know what I mean? So, and I'm all for doing those panels. And I wish we could have you, Verena, with your husband in one of them. It's just, I don't want to... Um, how to say that in a no, very politically no, correct no. way. I, I, I don't want to have any divorce impact, you know? No, I think if I come with, to, if, if, if we're now the couple that is always on stage about this topic, no, I don't, I, I, there have to be more, yeah? After, and, and there have to be more. And it, it doesn't have to be that, that they separately already are known or something. That doesn't matter. Two careers, no matter what they do all day, is enough to have the discussion. Because the more it's this poster girl kind of discussion, the more you feel, yeah, but they have so much resources and they have two nannies yeah. and, it, and this is not comparable and this is not my life. So you need the full bandwidth of life. Otherwise, it's like two duck CEOs talking about how they raise their kids and everyone's like, okay, great, but I don't have a driver. I don't have a so it, I, th I think you need the real life. I'm not and saying I think, we're not the real life, but there are others. <laughs> Absolutely. I think this actually br brings it together quite nicely because we set out at this lunch session to share stories, individual different stories, because I think the reality of working moms or of a struggle or of a narrative is really only by putting together all these individual stories. We all have a voice. We all have a story to tell. And as, as exactly as Verena said, we are the examples by trying to do it every day to inspire others to do it. And that's really the next thing as well with partners, we have to go into the discussion. We have to talk about it. And by sharing about these experiences, we will create a new norm. We will advance it. We will inspire each other, empower each other, dads, moms, all of it. So um, I, on that note, I really want to thank everyone um, for their time. Um, I think uh, for all the audience who has been here, you um, definitely have some women here around the panel who believe in empowering and inspiring and connecting and cheering you on if you need that, if you don't have that around you. And um, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us um, and talking so openly um, and honestly. I have felt very, very inspired and empowered. And um, I hope that everybody had a good lunch. <laughs> and um, thank you. And um, getting back to um, our work. So thank you very much. If the speaker want to stay the next six minutes, that'll be great. <laughs>